Where'd you find this? Craig's here. Ooh, Craig is here. Ladies night. It's ladies night. It is. That's right. It's Friday night. It's not 1030. It's a decent time. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get this episode. What is this? Uh, 116? That's correct. 116. Sure. We have I got the uh, number right. Finally. <laughs> I just want to take a moment before we do our, our segments and just really think about the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the last eight teams playing in the NFL this year. Can't fucking believe that shit. <laughs> and not only did they make it that far, but they like beat Philly up. Like it wasn't even an enjoyable game. It was oh, just it was it, trouncing. It, it, yeah, it was embarrassing. Um, I just want to say that there's a non-zero chance that Tampa Bay could do something real crazy. Yo. I, I don't we'll talk about Walk, I mean, Walker's gonna fucking kill you, possible. bro. He's gonna text <laughs> Walk- Chris gonna be like, do not publish this episode. Yeah, Walker just hit un- unsubscribe. Um <laughs> so it's episode 116. We're gonna do our, our bits and then we're gonna talk playoffs a little bit and then we're gonna take a trip. So Ryan, as is tradition, why don't you lead us off, my friend? All right. So this week I'm going back and we're gonna we're gonna look at some games. Uh I wanted to talk a little bit about some there well there's been eight quarterbacks in history that have nice. done this oh. all right <laughs> i want to talk about the seven touchdown passing games in nfl history yeah right? shit yeah and you will be shocked because the first one that ever happened you know like we all said we all said this is historical fact the bears have never had a 4000 yard quarter uh, passing yard quarterback but they have had a seven touchdown passing game and that was by mr sid luckman yeah and it was the first one to ever happen in 1943 in november against the new york giants the bears won 56 to 7 all right um, i want to i want to just say something real quick as a long suffering bears fan the last great like superstar quarterback that the Bears had, Sid Luckman. Do you know why Sid Luckman was so great? Because half the fucking league was fighting in World War II. <laughs> That's true. That's so right. I forgot just about keep, that. Keep that in mind. No, wait. The Bears are the best. Come on. Come on <laughs> Number dude. one. It had, nothing, it had nothing to do with the biggest war ever fought in this world. So No, it was Bears football. Yeah. Bears. Right. <laughs> Uh, so the next one was in 1954 by Adrian Burke against uh, the Washington Redskins. This was a Philadelphia Eagles uh, quarterback. They won that game 49 to 21. Let's see. The one after that was George Blanda in sure. 1961 with the Houston Oilers against uh, the New York Titans. I don't n- remember what was going on in 61, but the Giants... Why why weren't the Giants there? They were all in Korea. <laughs> um, no, Korea was like fifty to fifty-four or something like that. I don't know what uh, what lineage. I don't know what lineage it comes from. Or maybe it had something to do with the 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 new leagues that were starting or something like that. But the Houston Oilers, uh George Blanda threw seven touchdowns against the New York Titans in nineteen sixty one. Uh the next uh game was YA Tittle. Uh, yeah. Another Hall of Fame quarterback 
that was in 1962. Uh, he was on the Giants, and they were playing the Washington Redskins. They won that game 49 to 34. That was a shootout. That would have been a fun game to watch. Yeah. So then, in 1969, Joe Cat for the Minnesota Vikings uh, against the Baltimore Colts threw seven touchdowns in a game 52 to 14. Um, and then it took a long time for this to happen again. So we're talking a span from 1969 to 2013 um, in a game that I'll talk about in a second because it it holds some reverence in my heart. So we'll go to 2015, who, which this game was the last time that seven touchdowns were thrown in a game. Um, hasn't happened in seven seasons, eight seasons now. Uh, Drew Brees did it uh, November 1st against the New York Giants. They won 52 to 49. That Ooh, was a crazy yeah. game. Fuck yeah. That was a really good game. And then we had two guys in 2013. Uh, do this and one of them you would never expect nick Foles of all people when yep. he was playing for the eagles against yep. the oakland raiders threw seven touchdowns in a game crazy big dick nick that's right but uh one of my all-time favorites peyton manning in on september 5th 2013 now this was week one yep uh against against the baltimore ravens too who throughout the aughts and the teens like have statistically had a decent defense. Yeah. All right. This was, this was a, a home game. Uh, I remember watching this game. This was probably two, three years after me and Tony started doing fantasy, like heavily, heavily. Um, and I remember that this year because during that draft, I drafted Peyton Manning and I don't even remember it. It was probably sixth round or lower um, because nobody had any confidence in him after that neck injury. Indy had let him go because of that neck injury and just nobody knew anything. And he was like, I can still play. And, you know, they had, they had some good, good players on that team that year. Uh, Julius Thomas, Demarius they, Thomas. They had Demarius Thomas. They had Eric Decker on that team. Yeah, Wes Welker. They had steroids uh, shipped to his wife's house. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was a, a really good team that year. Uh, and Peyton Manning was like, screw all you guys that say I don't have anything else and left in my system. This is the first week of the season. I'm just going to throw seven touchdowns. All right. And that is what he did. It was also... I think the first game of the season, because it was on Thursday night, September yep. 5th. It was a Thursday night. So not only was it the first week, but it was the first game of the NFL season. And Peyton Manning was just like, I'm going to sling some shit. And let's see. Uh, Demarius Thomas, who who all got touchdowns in that game? Yeah, we had Demarius Thomas had two uh, Julius Thomas had two, Wes Welker had two, and then the other one went to uh, Andre Caldwell just to put the icing on the cake. Can I just say, um, Julius Thomas, like, had the craziest fucking career where, like, he had two seasons with 12 touchdowns, 2013 and 2014, and then he signed that yeah. huge, huge deal in Jacksonville, 
and was just like shit. Well, actually, you know what? He wasn't bad. I'm looking at his numbers. Uh, he had he went 46 catches for 455 yards and five touchdowns in 12 games, and then the next season in nine games, he had 30 catches, 280 yards, and four touchdowns. But, but he was but so he got, good. Yeah, but he also got no press when he went to Jacksonville because he was playing in Jacksonville. Right. He hasn't had a good team until the last three three years. That's a Gabe um, Davis-type beat. Yep, absolutely. He, he came onto a team when he got traded to Jacksonville. Was, was that the last year that Jones-Drew was playing, maybe? Around then. Uh, yeah. But this was just such an awesome game to watch. Uh, so he tied Brett Favre's NFL record in that game uh, with his 23rd career game with at least four touchdowns. And he also tied Drew Brees' mark in that um, game with seven games with five touchdowns as well. Just Just making sure that, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, made it to the Hall of Fame, which he is. I I just remember this game because it, in terms of fantasy, it just like shut everyone up because everyone was like, "Why the hell would you draft Peyton Manning and scrubs?" Oh, he's got Wes Welker from the New England Patriots. He's got, I'm like, dude, he's gonna ball. He's gonna ball, and guess what? I think he had over like 65 or 70 fantasy points for me that week. It was ridiculous. 10 um, years later. It's fuck you. League mates. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That, I'm looking. That was, I'm, in, uh, that was in Sean's league. I'm, I'm looking at his numbers in his breakout year in 2013 with Peyton Manning, Julius Thomas. Cause now I'm just obsessed. Dude. Sure. He, he played in 14 games that year and had 221 fantasy points. In 14 games. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's that's a lot of points. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so he went 27 for 42 uh, for 462 yards, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating 141.1. Uh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think you can get any higher really than that. Oh uh, well, no one can. one 158.3 is the highest. That's right. That's right. But it was just an awesome game. And I want, I, I don't know what made me think about researching that this week or talking about it, but, um, oh, I know what, I know what did. Uh, two of these, um, two of these games, I was thinking about, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and how they just fell apart this season. And I wanted to do an homage to them. And we'll do that later. Uh, in this episode, but two of the people that threw um, seven touchdowns were played for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, that that's the only time that two people from the same team have thrown for seven touchdowns. You know, it was the Bears, the Oilers, the Giants, the Vikings, the Saints, and then two guys from the Philly Philadelphia Eagles. But yeah, that's. That's just some interesting stuff about quarterbacks that have thrown seven touchdowns in a game. It's only happened eight times. And we actually physically have only witnessed three of them because none of us were born before, <laughs> you know, 1969. So, right, right. Um, and I thought it was really cool that, you know, you had all these games uh, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. 
you had uh, five out of those eight records in those decades, and then it didn't happen again until what um, forty, almost forty-five years later. Sure, so it was kind of crazy, you, you know, with with all this stuff that we've researched about Tom Landry and Dallas and how, you know, he coached them for twenty-nine seasons. He never had a quarterback that threw seven touchdowns. Coward, um, and it really, yeah, right. I'm, I have less respect now for Tom Landry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's the history of seven touchdown pass games in NFL history with uh, my favorite one being the Peyton Manning, like, fuck you guys, I'm still relevant game. There you go. Uh, yeah. Seven touchdowns. It's a lot of tutties. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. And always fun to, I always fun to watch. I remember watching it. We uh, It was one of the it was the last year or two that i lived in my old house and i remember watching it with some good friends i don't think you were there tony but it was just uh, it was awesome i feel like i was but who knows the brain you, is you could have been i mean we we still did the red zone thing you know red zone existed 10 years ago we were still doing that every sunday i lived in lake in the hills but... at that point so there's a, a high likelihood but yeah, Whatever. and and I mean, in, in ten years ago, shit, it's hard for me to remember a lot of things that happened during that time. <laughs> you know, getting oh, I was there, messed up, get getting messed up all the time, and lived a crazier life than I do now. So, well, I guess this is growing up. Seven touchdowns. Thanks, Thanks Tom DeLong, <laughs> uh, UFO expert. Where are you? Um. All right, pop punk is bad. Pop punk is terrible. Pop punk is terrible. That's my take. All right, right, Shane, what do you got? (laughs) So I got a shorty this week because we got a short slate. But even though my guy is a shorty, his career is anything but, especially given the position that he played. So when you tell someone, hey, this player played in the NFL for 14 years, you generally think they're a quarterback, a special teamer. Something weird happened, right? Yeah. So this was kind of inspired by the discourse we had today in uh, the FA Discord about the evaluation in the running back position in Dynasty. And the conversation to me is basically centered around how depressed the market is at the position, unless you're likely to buy a top end guy. So I think that issue is stemmed around the shelf life of running backs. But today, my guy has anything more than a three yard or three year career arc. All right. So my guy is Otis Anderson. Okay. So Otis went to the U where he became the first player in school history to rush for over 1,000 yards, topping out at 1,266 yards, being named All-American, and was the U's all-time leading rusher when he graduated. He put, over, he put up over 3,300 yards with 15 touchdowns at, with the U, while also being a, dam, a dynamic player at the time of having over 540 receiving yards with four touchdowns to go along with that. So with his highly touted abilities, Otis was drafted eighth overall in the 1979 draft by the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. So he fell short of the NFL record of most rushing yards in a debut game by just one yard. Oh, Otis. Really? So in this game, he rushed for 193 yards. The record's 194. No. So he'd go on to post over 1,600 yards on the ground, 300 in the air, and a combined 11 touchdowns in his rookie year, earning him Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, so Otis, Otis, 
Otis was the Brandon Cooks or Mike Evans of the running back position as he ran for over 1,000 yards in his first five seasons. So one of these numbers is kind of a little bit fudged because he was playing during the 82 strike, but he did rush for over 580 yards in eight games. And when you put that at a pace of 16 games, it's well over 1,000 yards. So you're saying that he he was not a scab. He was on strike with the rest of the players? Correct. Then I'm counting it. It's a 1,000-yard season. <laughs> So eventually, father time and injuries came for Otis, and he was traded to the Giants in 86, seven years after being drafted, and was buried in the depth chart. So in this point in Dynasty, you think this player's just dead. He's a cut candidate, right? So he was basically used as a bruiser on the Giants in short yardage and goal line carries. For example, he had six yards on seven attempts in the 1986 playoffs. One of those yards came from a touchdown in Super Bowl XXI when the Giants beat the Broncos. There you go. Nice. Hell yeah. So in his first two seasons as a giant, he didn't fumble one time with over 100 touches. Yeah. Under Bill Parcells' offense, which was a basically a ball control system where they tried to milk the clock as long as possible, he was named NFL Comeback Player of the Year, even though he didn't die. Sorry, Damar Hamlin. <laughs> in, in, in 1989, by posting career-high 14 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards. He became the top running back of the Giants in 1990 at the age of 33, where he would earn Super Bowl MVP, putting up over 100 yards and a touchdown in Super Bowl 25. He is only one of four running backs in NFL history to score a rushing, rushing touchdown in two Super Bowls and win NFL or Super Bowl and MVP. Yeah. Otis only fumbled three times on his 739 touches while in New York. Ultimately, he would retire in 1992. Where as of 2019, he has the 19th career rushing yard touchdown record with 81 and 30th in career rushing yards with 10,273. Only 30 nice. other running backs in NFL history really? have rushed for over 10,000 yards. That's so many yards. Yes. And he's still alive and kicking. He's actually an analyst in the NFL or the New York uh, Giants media circle where he, uh, he's, on like, he's on like two or three radio shows and he's heavily involved in uh, philanthropy. Damn, good for him. What was his last name? Otis? Otis Anderson. Otis Anderson. Speaking of people dying on the field, uh, just want to point out before I do my thing that the Joe Flacco comeback player of the year crowd, real quiet over the last week. (laughs) Sorry, bro. Joe Flacco's not comeback player of the year. It was a fun run, and I will always appreciate him for helping me win a title, but it's fucking over, dude. Does Joe Flacco play next year? If he wants, if he wants to, yeah. Does he take a snap from Jason Kelsey? <laughs> um. All right, so I'm gonna do mine, but before I do, I want to point out that I am full because I had dinner that was paid for by Katie's fantasy football championship winnings. So I got to give a shout out. Big oh, W. What'd you guys get? Uh, I we went to Lily Garden. I got the kung pao chicken. I was gonna, I was gonna call. I, I, I fucking knew you were gonna say Lily Garden. Of course, Lily Garden's goaded, bro. Um, all right, so I'm gonna hop in, and I kind of went back to the numbers, and I decided that today we were gonna take a look at the 2016 NFL Draft. Okay. Um, they say you need three years to properly evaluate a draft, and since fantasy and dynasty players are moving either towards scouting or spending time on their other hobbies or with family and friends. And we're not them. I figure this will help set the mood. <laughs> um, so the 2016 NFL draft was held in Chicago and the top two picks were trade-ups. 
The original owners of the first and second pick were Tennessee and Houston, but the first two picks were ultimately made by the Rams and Eagles. The Rams traded 15, 43, 45, 76, and their 2017 first and third to move up and get Jared Goff. Damn, and that's and so I, much. They, and they they also got like a fifth and a seventh round back. So it was Yippee. pick one, 113, 177 for 15, 43, 45, 76, 2017 first and third. Philly. Yeah, and Jared Goff beat him last week. Right? Well, check this one out. Philly sent pick eight, 77, 100, a 2017 first, and a 2018 second to move up with Houston to get Carson Wentz. Yeah. Tennessee ended up actually using one of those picks to draft Derrick Henry this year. Oh, sick. Um, Hilariously, uh, when it gets to pick eight, which is where uh, Houston was, Cleveland traded back up to, to move back up to eight. Just weird. Um, so the Patriots didn't have a first round pick cause it was part of their punishment for deflate gate. And oh, that's right. And that's too bad because that means we're going to have to wait to see the prophecy fulfilled in 2024 with Bill Belichick coaching Derrick Henry in Dallas, where they will lose in the divisional round. Oh, he's going to hire him. In, oh uh, shit. Atlanta. It's going to be Bijan, Derrick Henry and Tyler Algier. Yeah. I thought he already had two, uh, interviews with Atlanta. And the goal line carries are going to be Cordero Patterson. Yes. <laughs> oh, All right. So this draft is also known as the Laramie Tunsil draft. Uh, he was the unanimous top pick in this draft. Correct, correctly considered a future perennial Pro Bowl talent. And then one hour before the draft, his Twitter and Instagram get hacked, showing a video of him smoking out of a gas mask bong. And I, everyone That's remembers right. the, everyone remembers the gas mask bong. But they also leaked a DM of him asking his college assistant athletic director for money so he could do these horrible things. He was going to spend this money on rent and his mom's electricity bill. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing that. And he's going to, we'll do the charity thing at the Chargers and take him. That's fair. That's fair. Let him slide. Um, so as a result of these two absolutely horrendous actions, smoking weed and trying to pay your mom's electric bill, um, several teams admitted after the draft that they took him off their board entirely, um, including Tennessee and Baltimore. So suck it, idiots. Yeah, he, he dropped a lot. Yeah, he ended up falling to Miami. And as a result of this hit job, it's nice to know that since then, he's eventually gotten the contracts that he deserves because he is a top talent because like whoever did that cost him a million dollars in draft night, but he's made it up in the bigger contracts he's gotten later. And he's still smashing. Yes. So uh, it's interesting to me that all of the top seven players in this draft made at least one pro bowl. Goff Wentz, Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, and DeForest Buckner all got recognized for their great play at one point. Um, so let's talk about some dudes. I got some dudes for you guys. Uh, Eli Apple picked 10th overall by the Giants. Hell yeah. Ooh. I'm going to win Walker back right here. Taylor Decker, who did declare eligible, was taken 16th by Detroit. Okay. Um, the clone of J.J. McCarthy from seven years ago, Paxton Lynch, was a first-round quarterback. 
going to Denver at pick 26. Uh, he and Lynch. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, he, he would spend some time in like the USFL or the XFL or whatever. Also uh second round quarterback, Christian Heckenberg to the jets would do the same thing. Is that just the curse of Elway and the jets just have to have shitty quarterbacks forever? Probably, probably, <laughs> but Hey, you know what? If, if the Hanshin tigers can break the curse, so can the jets. Yeah, um, they, they set themselves back like 30 years with Rodgers. Yep. Uh, Xavier Howard went to Miami at pick 38. Nice job. Good. That's good scouting. Um, Derek Henry and Michael Thomas both went in the 40s. That's pretty good. The, sure. supplemental, the supplemental picks given at the end of the fourth round were huge. If you like two things, sleep number mattresses and ripping off dorks. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott went at pick 135. And I spent 10 minutes of my life trying to find out what Dak Prescott's official sleep score is, and I couldn't find anything definitive. <laughs> Guys, what's what's your sleep score? Mine's 420. <laughs> Mine's 696969. Mine is, I need to get sponsored so I can afford one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this. I do know for a fact, though, that Dak Prescott's restful sleep is 28 minutes longer per night than us. Um, pick pick one thirty one was Blake Martinez. I don't know if you guys remember Blake Martinez. He was a yeah. Giants Giants Packers yeah. drafted by the Packers. Yeah, uh, he played for the Giants and he retired mid season a couple years ago to go into the Pokemon card collecting industry. And then to scam everybody <laughs> has now lost all his money. Well, he he got called out by the community for scamming people, and then he unretired. Oops, <laughs> gotta get that league vet minimum. Uh-huh. He must have not. He must have not went down to the uh, the park that's by us by Port Edwards because apparently <laughs> that's where you find all the like, like yeah. awesome like oh, yeah. uh, Pokemon's. Dude, two two blocks from your house was the best Pokemon Go site in Illinois that wasn't in Chicago, and that's like I not remember, debatable. I remember when. And I don't know why the Pokemon Go people decided to do that, but I just remember when that game come came out, and I, you know, I've I've lived in this neighborhood for since like two thousand eight or nine. I I remember when that game came out, and you knew you'd I'd be driving home from work, and the, the parking lot at this park would just be filled, and people would just be sitting in their cars, and I'm like, what the hell are these yep. people doing? And and Tony was like, dude, there's a like a Pokemon Go uh like hotspot down by your neighborhood. And I never understood why or what because I never I never played Pokemon or Pokemon Go. Um but I guess that's where it was. That, that was, was the, the hotspot. That was the last time I felt true peace in life was when Pokemon Go was popular. Walking around <laughs> catching some mons. Just talking to strangers, just pulling yeah. out in the middle of traffic to grab shit. Uh-huh. Always. Um, so by the way, before we go too far, I want to point out Tyree Kill went at pick 165. Oh damn. Everybody whiffed on that one. Uh yep. two undrafted kickers, Will Lutz and Kaimi Fairbairn were uh were in this draft. Mm. And Will Lutz, yeah, not so good, but Fairbairn, pretty money. Fairbairn's a dog. So all in all, so money. All in all, the 2016 NFL draft had two good quarterbacks in Dak and Goff, 
two good running backs in Derrick Henry and Zeke, three good wide receivers with Tyreek, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Boyd, one good tight end in Hunter Henry, and one hate crime tight end in Tyler Higby. Whose career is basically and over. Suck it, racist. Also, speaking of racist, one of those, or maybe a couple of those, Nick Foles touchdown passes, Ryan, were to also racist uh, Riley Cooper. That's right. That's right. There, there you go. Uh, so, to wrap this up, I found a one-quarterback dynasty rookie draft aggregator from the 2016 rookie class. So I'm going to read you the picks. Now, Tyreek Hill's not on this list. Tyreek Hill was like Pukas type stuff, you know? Well, he didn't hit for like the whole year, right? Like he was just like a special teamer. I Yeah, the first year. Well, the first year he had, he wasn't what he was now. He wasn't the, the alpha, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's do this 2016 rookie fantasy draft. 101, Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas. 102, Corey Coleman, wide receiver, Cleveland. 103, Laquan Treadwell, wide receiver, Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> 104, Josh, <laughs> Josh Dotson, wide receiver, Washington. Oh, my God. 105, Sterling Shepard, wide receiver, New York Giants. I'm never Please. drafting another player ever again. I'm just <laughs> fucking selling all my picks, dude. This sucks. 106, Derrick Henry. We know okay. Derrick Henry. Him and Zeke have been good value so far. 107, Michael Thomas. Okay. He had an era. 108, Kenneth Dixon, running back, Baltimore. Oh, my God. 109, a guy that you guys love that I couldn't care less about. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Yes, dude. Damn. 110, Will Fuller, wide receiver, Houston. Man, I'm like okay. so sad I came into fantasy football like as his career died when his hand exploded. Yeah, imagine if like Chase Claypool was fast. That was like my very first foray into Dynasty. He was, was talking to yeah. Zachy and he's like, take Will Fuller. I was in like three startups and like three years later, I'm like, can I cut this player now? He's like, yes, I'm so I'm so sorry. Yep. Yeah, he, he his career got overshadowed by uh, Hopkins. And also being yeah. on the juice. Yeah. Um, 111, CJ Procise, running back, Seattle. Oh, my God. And uh, in a name that may echo through the annals of time, 112, wide receiver for Miami, Leonte Carew. Oh, my God. What a bust. This whole draft, you guys. Like, there's two good players in this whole, three good players in this whole first <laughs> round. So. Uh, let it be known that we don't know shit in fantasy because Tyreek Hill is none of those people. Um, and if anybody thinks that they know or they're good at scouting players, they're wrong and don't buy any of their premium bullshit. Unless it's us, because we donate shit, to, donate our shit to charity. Yeah, it's five Correct. bucks. Don't fucking give player profiler two hundred and fifty dollars. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> um. All right. So those are our numbers. So before we. Before we jump into playoff talk, I do have a question, and I was kind of just talking shit in my post. I want to know your honest answer to this question. What team does Derrick Henry play for in 2024? Shane, go first. I think he's a Raven. Oh, that's so cool. My God, that would be actually really, really cool. Ryan, what do you think? Damn, I don't know, man. I mean... How much are how much are the teams gonna have to pay him? You know, I mean, 
10 mil. Well, if you think that like he's probably the market's oversaturated, right? Like the running back market this right. year is going to be nuts. So I think if you if you're Derrick Henry and your goal as in your last couple of years in the league is to win a championship, you get to take your you get to name your price. True. I yeah, but you don't want to get like kinda, Dalvin cooked, right? Like you kind of got fucked by all these vets who just like shit the bed, right? I think I think Baltimore's a great landing spot. I think Dallas. Sure. Ryan, what do you think? Tampa yeah, Bay. you did say you did say Dallas earlier, and that kind of is an interesting fit because they're not gonna have the same coach or coaches that they no. had this year. He's going back, dude. Mike McCarthy's staying. Yeah, he's staying. Yeah. Jerry Jones said he's oh committing my. to him. Oh my god, then <laughs> screw that. I don't want him in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be you know good for fantasy, be... but the actual playoffs are, he doesn't he's not gonna be any you know what by you know what might be interesting, and I hate to say this because they do need a running back after the failed experiment with um Madison this year is maybe the Vikings. Um that's a that's an interesting one. They got yeah. a whole bunch of problems they gotta figure out. Right. Yeah. And that that just might be an easy an easy fix for them. You know, they gotta worry about quarterback. Um what do you think about that what do you think about Philly? I don't know. I don't know what to think about that team anymore. <laughs> That's a team where we, when we're letting go of teams to go back into our analysis section, I'm letting them go. I'm not holding on to them. So if you guys want to take Philly, be my guest. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, let's uh, talk. Another, Speak- another, yeah. another potential team might be like Denver. I don't know. Steelers, dude. Oh God. Damn no. it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I may have seen North Hill now. <laughs> I don't think there's a I don't think there's a definitive answer and because he is Derrick Henry, like he could fit into a lot of these good teams that need running backs. It's uh, just gonna be... and I'm kind of interested to see where he goes too. That was a good question, Tony. Um what about the Chargers? I'm all right. <laughs> I mean, if he's cheap, right? Cuz like what's the purpose of being like, hey, Austin Eckler, we're not going to pay you like market value for a top end older guy price. And we're just going to do that with Derrick Henry. That makes like no sense, like from a mechanical True. standpoint. Or but wouldn't it be standpoint. cool? Wouldn't oh, it be yeah, I would. Cool? I, I would buy a Derrick Henry jersey for sure. But I'm just saying, like, I I don't know what's going to happen because all these dudes are going to have to take pay cuts. Like Austin Eckler is a free agent. Josh Jacobs is a free agent. Saquon's a free agent. Um, but, Joe Mixon's but, a free agent. But next year, week one when only half of the Chargers offensive line is hurt and Justin Herbert gets to go out there with whatever's left of Keenan Allen, whatever, <laughs> and, and, and Brock Bowers, whatever, <laughs> whatever existed ever in Quentin Johnston, Malik yeah. fucking neighbors and Derek Henry. I'm ready to be hurt. I'm ready to get hurt. Actually, actually, now that you said Joe Mixon's free agent, Cincinnati might be a good fit because they're the team that, Outside of their run game is pretty much set up in the pass game. They... It's not. It's not because Joe Mixon is bad, which he is. I don't want. Let's not. I'm not giving any credit to Joe Mixon here. Uh, but you'll know. We were talking about Brett Coleman off air in the Coleman video on the Eagles and what was wrong with them. I think Philadelphia's run game has the same problems as Cincinnati's. You're running. Okay. You're you're running inside zone with like you don't have the dogs 
for it. It's the most also predictable offensive scheme too, right? Like, hey, right. we know what's going to happen True. here. Um, I will say though today, like speaking of Charger fandom, uh, the guy who drops off our paychecks is like this super nice Vietnamese guy, and he, his English isn't spectacular. But today, he just like out of the blue asked me who I, who I liked for football teams, and I was like the Chargers, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, Thanks, <laughs> man. You have a great weekend. <laughs> that's that's the welcome. Just we got the seat on the couch for you, brother. Oh, I love like, I love him now. I was like, dude, you're fucking my homie now. And now is like now that the Chargers and Bears are both terrible, like. We can wallow. It's fine. You have an you have an out sure. though, right? You have an out this year. We can do a whole Bears episode down their line of potential and all this shit. No, but... I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> want to do that. Mainly because no one no one cares any more specifically about that than us, and also because they're gonna fuck it up. Oh so yeah. What gonna, is it? We're gonna have. We're gonna we're gonna like trade that first round pick. Uh. And then totally fuck up the first round, just like I, just like Tony went through the first round of the 2016 draft. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get all those guys that want them out to shit. So um, unless so I, unless you're following the narrative where they get Caleb Williams with the first round pick, but I want to say two things. One, I've already watched Caleb and Drake May tape, and I I love Caleb Williams. This is gonna be he's gonna be really good. I but. the one. Here's the thing. The one thing that I'm going to say to you right now, and I know I if there was a way I could put money on this, I would put every cent in my bank account on this. I don't know what they're going to do, but whatever decision they make, it will be the wrong one. It's going to be cool because you're like, oh, we're getting uh, Caleb and then the monkey paw curls and then it's like Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, because Matt Eberflus will be like, implicated in whatever that mystery arrest was that ended the defensive coordinator's year <laughs> and they'll be like well we'll just promote oh, yeah. cliff the head coach and it's like oh no oh no so yeah they'll whatever it is they'll do the wrong thing i guarantee it either justin fields will go in and you know be a pro bowler on the steelers or uh you know they'll They'll keep him and, and fail to do anything with him. Or they'll bring in some old dumbass coach that has no fucking clue what they're doing and be like, Frank Let's Reich. Make... Yeah. Frank listen, Reich, dude. <laughs> here's the thing about Justin Fields. Let's keep him in the pocket. Fuck off, dude. What okay, I'm going to say something really. This this is your Derek Henry hard question. Will you watch Steelers football if Justin Fields is the quarterback next year of the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers? Fuck yeah. Because whatever it is, are, whether. I already watch him. When, <laughs> whether right. whether 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 it's good or bad, it'll be entertaining. All right, fair yeah. enough. And it it's probably it would probably be bad. Like George Pickens would. Oh my god, I don't even. George Pickens yeah, would also. He would end the season wide. Trade. He would end the season wide receiver twelve and still be furious at the end of half of the games. <laughs> That's just life, baby. Yeah, because because every fourth game he'd have like 125 yards, and yeah. then like, and then like 25 every other game. Yep. Um. All right. So let's talk playoffs, boys. What? Uh, we got eight teams remaining. Houston's playing Baltimore. Green Bay's going to San Francisco for their yearly playoff ass beating. Um, Kansas yep. City's going to Buffalo, and Tampa Bay's going to Detroit. Uh, Ryan, give me something you're looking forward to this weekend. 
Let's see some bold takes. Uh, Houston's gonna win. And <laughs> wait, I think wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, just tell me, tell me what's your vibe, and you're instantly like, all right, I'm firing off the hottest shit I can think of right off, the, <laughs> yeah. right off the jump. Yeah. <laughs> I think Tony predicted it when he talked about Kaimi Fairbairn, and I think Fairbairn's gonna have the game-winning field goal potentially. Holy shit. Lamar Jackson is 0-2 in divisional rounds. Uh, he's only thrown one touchdown pass, and he's thrown three interceptions in those two games. But let's see. The Texans are 0-4, but they've never had a team like this in divisional rounds. Um, and they lose by an average of 14.5 points. <laughs> but, but, but this time. Uh, but this time, they're going to break the mold. All right, guys. All right, Shane. I'm, you, Shane, you give me one. Tell me something you're looking forward to. We'll do this like round robin style. I'm excited for the Packers Niners game because if Brock Purdy loses, you know, can you imagine the discourse we're gonna see for the next fucking eight months on Twitter of no. how much of a game manager he is and how he's only a a beneficiary of that system? No. Um, I I'm excited too for the the Chiefs and Bills game because I think people are gonna be extremely disappointed in that game and people are like it's going to be the best game of the week and it's just going to be like 21 to 17 yeah oh for sure just like it was when they met it's earlier in the year sloppy yeah. ass offense versus a sloppy ass defense and that game that game actually is setting a record uh this week because it will be the 10th time that the green bay packers and san francisco 49ers have met in the playoffs um and it's pretty close uh niners have the edge uh winning five out of those four games in the nine game history this will be the 10th like i said um i don't think the packers will win because despite anything that the packers will do passing they can pass all they want uh christian mccaffrey's gonna have three touchdowns and it's he's just gonna run all over this team i i i don't see any way that the Niners lose this game. I don't care that the Packers are on fire and they've, let's see, they've, uh, let's fast forward to next week and we review all our takes and be like, damn, we were wrong. <laughs> I just, I just want to see Mike LaFort and Kyle Shanahan kiss. That's all I want. <laughs> just the, 40, the 49ers got a lot going for them. They've won their last past five home playoff games. That's the longest streak in the NFL. You think Shanahan um, gets two, fired if they don't and, win? And two of those are against the Packers. You know, um, you've got the let's see, the 2012 game and the 2019 NFC Championship game. Uh, so a lot of this stuff is is stacked in the 49ers' favor in terms of history. I will say the difference um, though, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, <laughs> he's, that's, he's bad. That's that's the difference, and. Yeah. Uh, the the streak that will end uh, in that game will be the Packers not winning their fifth straight game as an outright underdog. They've won four in a row as an underdog, and that's not going to continue in this game. No way. I do like I do like a lot of points in this game. What is the what is the over under at right now? Let's see. Uh, so I think it's, it's like, pretty high. It's, it's like over. 50. It's like fifty. 50 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. a lot. Um, so yeah, we're going to see like a 34 to 31, 34 to 28, something like that. Uh, I think it'll be a great game. 
but I, the Packers aren't going to be able to stop McCaffrey. I don't think anything with McCaffrey in this game, I'm betting his over on rushing yards. I think his receiving yard lines at like 31 or 32 and a half, something like that. I even like that. Maybe even bet his combined yards, his combined yards the other day were like 126 and a half. I think. Um, Damn. I like, I like all those bets. I, I don't, I see the narrative as Packers getting points, but I don't think they can keep up with this 49ers team that's been explosive all year. I mean, if if Bosa and Chase Young get home, this game's over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't even think it's a if if they if they can, you know, if each of them have a good game, this this game's not even interesting. This game's over by halftime. Oh, you think it's going to be like a two-touchdown lead at halftime or something? Well, I think what makes Green Bay successful is that they, Aaron Jones is finally healthy and they can run the ball, which gives Jordan Love time to find those those longer developing, like Romeo Dobbs coming in, you know? True, true. Like, but San, Fr- San Francisco's strength is stopping the run. So if you if you're forcing Green Bay into third and long, third and long, third and long, over time, the fact that you have two all-star edge rushers is probably going to come into play. Okay. So that's, I think San Francisco whoops ass. I think Baltimore whoops I ass. Um, I think, I think there's a chance that Buffalo slays the dragon this week. Um, I sure I hope, hope so. so. After the disappointment in the 2021 game, that was so bad and then they changed the playoff rules just because of that game to because buffalo didn't even have a chance to answer that touchdown in overtime the um um, the that game is going to be it might not be the best it might not be the most like fantasy or gambling fruitful whatever but it should be the best game and i believe in sean mcdermott's power of 9-11 <laughs> to to really push the push him over the edge, like he's gonna go in there and give a speech about you know shoe bombs or whatever, and right get him real fired up. So I I think Buffalo finally slays that dragon, and I don't. While I think that uh, Detroit wins, I also think there's a chance that Tampa Bay makes this game closer than it should be. Oh yeah, I already took. I posted that in the chat earlier. I already took the alternate uh, sixty and a half uh, point total on that game. I think it was at forty nine and a half or fifty and a half uh, when I was looking earlier. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. This game actually might be one of the best games on the on the slate. Um, I know that Baltimore is all about you know putting pressure on the quarterback. They blitz like 50% of the time or something like that, 40% of the time. Um, but that's just gonna that's just gonna make this a Jameer Gibbs game. Uh I do have Montgomery for a touchdown, but I do like Gibbs uh receiving over. I do like Laporta's receiving over. Uh because if Tampa Bay is gonna blitz, the Goff's just gonna have a bunch of checkdowns and a bunch of yards after catch from Laporta and Gibbs. I think that's how this game will play out. I don't think it's going to be crazy. I think the secondary is yeah. going to be more important though, because Detroit's line has been like on fire the last couple of weeks, right? Where like I don't think they're going to 
be able to get home to Goff. I think they're going to have to rely with like the, the secondary. Okay. I'm I'm with it. I think like the the Lions have given up like 300 plus passing yards to like every quarterback they've played over the past month. They even gave up like 350 and then 400 to Nick Mullins. So I think there's a chance that this game like okay, when we say like best game of the week, in my mind I think Kansas City and Buffalo is going to be the best game of the week, but I think the most fun game of the week is going to be Tampa Bay yeah. and Detroit gonna be the most chaos yeah like I can and and, that. and a lot of the like uh spread like odds too like uh just contradict themselves let's see unders in buccaneers games are 12 and 6 but the overs and lions games are 11 and 7 so i don't i definitely don't want to bet the spread but i will bet the points total because i think this is going to be it's going to be like 34 to 31, something like that. Um, it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited to watch this one. So any final thoughts before we take a trip? I hope it's better than last week. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, like yeah. each of those games, each of those games hit a point where like, you're like, well, this is a blowout. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, and then nope. Yeah, shot, that Dallas game, up. I was like, they could do it. And then it didn't happen. I will say, though, it is very funny to think that Houston and um, Tampa Bay could end up in the Super Bowl in some weird way. <laughs> Teams yep. we had zero fucking faith yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, I love that narrative, too. I always like rooting for the underdog. All right. Well, here's to a good week. Before we go, Ryan. Take a trip. All right, guys. So as I mentioned earlier, I was feeling really bad <clears throat> about how Philly finished that season. All right. So guess where we're going this week? Tampa Bay. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Missoula, Montana. No. <laughs> we're going to Philly. All right, guys. Let's and there's like there's I'm gonna miss a lot of stuff on this town because it's you know it's America one of America's historic cities. There's sure. so many people to talk about that are from this city. Um, so I'm just gonna glaze over some, you know, I'm not gonna get everything, like I said, but let's just go over some uh interesting stuff about Philadelphia. Let's see. The first children's hospital in the united states was uh in philly um it was in the it was in the middle 1800s um and it was mainly set up for infectious disease um at the time did you know if you go to school to become a doctor or anything within the medical field there's a one in six chance that you do your training in philadelphia they've got really good teaching schools out there for the medical field no shit that's right the first african-american church was established in 1787 and continues to run today um like i didn't write down what denomination was. i think i want to say it was like episcopal or something like that but the first Amer african-american church was established in 1787 in the city the first stock exchange 
uh, in the United States was established in uh, Philadelphia in 1790 and uh, still uh, has some trading stuff today. It's on the NASDAQ, it's, or it's part of the NASDAQ uh, in some capacity. Let's see. They've got the Muller Museum, and it houses crazy medical and scientific discoveries. You can uh, see... Um, so, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Albert Einstein donated his brain to science, obviously, after <laughs> his after his death. What a loser. Um, whether, whether it was his decision or not, I don't know. Um, but uh, you can see uh, slides, because what they did was they... What's that thing where they do? You know what I'm talking about? Where they they literally do paper thin slices to to analyze. Um, I don't know brain activity or like something like that. Um, but you can see slides of Alfred or Alfred Albert Einstein's <laughs> brain. Alfred Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was his brother Alfred. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue um, what that's called. Right. Let's see. Uh, the town hall, or the city hall, is the largest municipal municipal building uh, in the country to this day. And until 1908, it was the tallest building in the United States. Um, interesting fact. Cool. The Philly Mint, where they make money, um, was the first building uh, built and under the new laws of the U.S. Constitution in 1792. It was also the nation's capital from 1790 to 1800. So for 10 years uh, before Washington, D.C. was the capital, Philly was this nation's capital. And get this, Philadelphia in 1856 hosted the first ever Republican National Convention. And guess what it was, guess what uh, the the like banding thing or the thing that they promoted about this right it was purpose was to organize the freedom of all slaves which would yeah. not happen today yeah uh, the the parties the parties switched over a long series of time but it was mostly over right. segregation yeah mm-hmm crazy um yeah on a lighter note uh dutch settlers uh introduced uh the first ever soft pretzel in the 18th yes. century yes uh, yeah and originally right? originally just served with mustard but now you can get it with thousands of other condiments <laughs> uh we think, the, we think we thank the germans for their spicy mustards yeah <laughs> oh yeah right. we got the phillies we got the eagles uh we got the flyers uh we got a lot of famous sports teams from this sound did you know in 1940 they tried to uh Rename the Phillies uh, to the Blue Jays, um, and obviously, really? obviously that didn't happen. And then Toronto came along and said, "We'll just take that name." I love that in sports where they're just like, "It's this is gonna work. This is gonna work." All right, well, we're just gonna do this. Who cares? Yep. Right. In 1988, with the help from the Philadelphia Eagles, the city created the world's largest cheesesteak. And guess how long it was. 100 two yards. Feet. Two feet. It was exactly the length of a football field. You are correct, Tony. Hell yeah. That, the world's largest cheesesteak. And we all know Philly is famous for their cheesesteaks. I have personally have never been to Philly, so I've never 
had a, uh, I guess, an authentic Philly cheesesteak. I mean, I've had them out in Chicago because every restaurant has them. They're great. I mean, I, I like them, but that that would be one of my things if I were to go to Philly to get to get a famous Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, um, and there's, absolutely. If you've watched any of those like foodie shows too, the, all the restaurants are like in a three block area even two of the famous ones are like across the street from each other and they they compete and one's got uh one's got the way they do it one's got the other way they do it and they're still they're still the same you know right um but um let's see what else um did you know that 25 percent of the u.s population lives within five hours of philadelphia sick that's, that's pretty crazy. cool. That's crazy. Yep. Cuz it's like right in the middle. You've got you've got like New York City and Boston to the north. You've got DC and Baltimore to the south. You've got uh Pittsburgh to the to the west. Uh Harrisburg, uh Buffalo. It's those are all within 5 hours driving distance. That rules. Yeah. Uh what else we got about this town? Yeah, it was uh, home to the first ever general use computer in 1946, and the computer weighed 27 pounds. Damn. That's crazy. It's a lot of pounds. Uh, and then there's there's a lot of rich American history with Ben Franklin and stuff with this town. But uh, it, I could go on and on about a lot of this stuff. But let's get to some interesting people. Let's go from Philadelphia. All right. Um, Tony can pro- probably talk a, a little bit about this uh, professor and um, leftist political activist uh, Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. Yeah, he's all right. He's kind of he used to be he's hardcore. Now he's kind of a he's kind of a little bitch boy. We've got like outside of drew barrymore we've got the entire barrymore like acting family like you know drew barrymore comes from a really long line of actors like her her grandpa was uh her grandpa was uh potter from uh it's a wonderful life okay uh and that was in what the 30s or 40s and all of her family is famous actors and actresses we've got bradley cooper we know is from Philly with his uh, Silver Linings Playbook uh, movie. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, Larry Fine uh, from The Three Stooges. Larry from The Three Stooges is from That's... Philadelphia. Damn. Yep. Uh, Richard Gere. Let's see. Seth Green. Uh, Tina Fey is from Philadelphia. Okay. Kevin Hart, famous comedian. We all know the show Always Sunny in Philadelphia. One of the main characters, Rob McElhenney, who is now a famous uh, soccer douche, um, <laughs> uh, is from Philadelphia. Hell yeah. Danny, Bon- Danny Bonaducci. Remember him from the 70s and 80s sitcoms? Yeah. Um, Chuck Barris, uh, a famous game show host from like who created like the Gong Show and stuff like that. Um, and if you have, if you guys have never watched, uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, it's a great movie with, uh, Julia Roberts, George Clooney, um, Chuck Barris is played by, um, Sam Rockwell in that movie. It's a great movie and it, it profiles the double life of 
Chuck Barris, who people thought at the time was part of the CIA because he was a big part. He, he did a lot in Hollywood with all his game shows and stuff, but there was a lot of times where he would be gone for two, three, four weeks at a time and would have no explanation of where he went. And so this movie kind of took that um, sentiment and uh, created like a CIA double life for this guy. And it was actually a really good movie. So Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, if you've ever seen it. It's from families. It's from the late 90s, early early 2000s. Okay. Um, Paul F. Tompkins... Uh, actor uh, Bob Saget is from oh, Philly. No, sh- no shit. And we all know Will Smith, West Philadelphia, born and raised, is from Philly. Uh huh. As as well as his friend DJ Jazzy Jeff is from Philly. Will Smith's friend, a guy in music near and dear to me, in Tony's heart. Um, half of Hall and Oates, John Oates, is from Philadelphia. <laughs> Um, Brilliant. That's right. Uh, Pink, the singer, uh, is from Philadelphia. Ah, we've got we've got Questlove, uh, drummer, part of the Roots, um, from Philadelphia. Also, um, Tariq Trotter, part uh, the lead singer and from the Roots is from Philly. Okay. Yep. Uh, actually. Uh, we've got Taylor Swift was born in the suburbs of Philly before uh, I think they relocated to like Nashville or Memphis somewhere down there. Sure, but she was born. She was born outside of Philly. Woke psyop. Um, <laughs> she's not real. <laughs> um, Jim Croce, famous singer, okay. uh, sure. folk singer. Let's see who else we got. Uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez from TLC. Yeah, yeah, the one that yep. burned down Andre Risen's house mm. with his own shoes. <laughs> that is right. Uh, we've also got the entire Lawrence brothers, uh, especially Joey Lawrence, uh, from Philadelphia area, Whoa. and his other two brothers who were mildly involved in the entertainment industry after Blossom's fame. But let's get into some like sports players. Uh, Kobe Bryant from Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain from Philadelphia. Damn. We've we've got someone who we talked about earlier on this episode. Joe Flacco is from the Philadelphia area. Damn. All right. Uh, we've got Marvin Harrison. Uh, is from oh. Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, senior, senior, not junior. Sure. Um. We've got Kyle Pitts from Philadelphia. The GOAT. Bill Belichick's gonna unlock Kyle Pitts. <laughs> it's happening. We've got a we've got one of my favorite um professional fishermen, uh, who I actually own one of his books. Um, and someone I grew up I've seen him at outdoor shows from when I was a kid. He's still a fisherman today, does a lot of stuff. Mr. Mike Iconelli is from Philadelphia area. He does numerous shows. He's been on Bassmaster Circuit. One of his favorite shows was City Fishing, where he literally goes to like these big cities where a lot of people associate fishing with, you know, going out to the country, going to your local reservoir, your local lake, taking in some country time. Uh, one of his one of his best shows where he would just go to major cities and fish the rivers in those cities and just like fish in places where you wouldn't think to fish where it's like so polluted you wouldn't think fish live there 
but um is that he, was a show he did like 10 15 years ago is he like in the hall of fame of fishermen <laughs> uh, i don't think so because he's <laughs> he's in his late 40s maybe early 50s so he will be eventually he'll be in like the the fishing hall of fame but i don't think he is yet all right enough about fishing uh we've got dj moore hey uh, great man from philadelphia who <laughs> uh, <laughs> surprisingly like when i was looking up his stats like he did pretty good with carolina he had four seasons where he caught over a th- thousand yards and on carolina that's a that's a statement I, well he started his career with cam right yeah 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 so um we've also got uh matt ryan uh is from Ooh. philadelphia Bring a loser <laughs> Ew. and yeah there's a there's a whole bunch of other people but um uh let's see who did i miss on my list here that i wrote down uh oh sorry guys i left out bill cosby he's from philly uh, boo. Next. Um, uh, but I have, a, uh, I have a couple for you. I I think. Well, but my last one I think is one of the most um, iconic uh, film actors uh, from Tremors, from Hollow Man. For, <laughs> Mr. Ke- Mr. Kevin Bacon is from Philadelphia. Uh, he's an actor near and dear to my heart. Uh, I always enjoy watching all of the stuff that he does mr kevin bacon is from philadelphia what would what, you find tony oh man i was actually surprised at some of the ones that you didn't bring up uh i did well, i, I figured had, you... i had like a four i had like a 40 person list that's true <laughs> i but i was surprised first off that ben franklin wasn't on it oh Yo, well yeah blacklisted um, number one i did mention him though I'm pretty sure that Stranger Things, the writers of Stranger Things, were paid off by the estate of Ben Franklin to take the name Hellfire Club and like divert Google traffic away from Ben Franklin's like anti-religious oh, shit. orgy shit because he used to. They were like the Hellfire Club or whatever, and yeah, they would all dress up like nuns and priests and have sex and be weird. And so yeah, it's it's kind of like how you know. Walt Disney, they named the movie Frozen. If you typed in Disney Frozen, it didn't come up with theories about Walt Disney freezing himself. Same deal. So I, I don't want to speak to the heinous things that probably happened at those events back in the 1700s with a bunch of white men. Um, sure. But I still think that inherently as an idea, that's a lot cooler than Stranger Things. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Satanic orgies, way cooler than Stranger Things. Um. We will take oh, Netflix's just, money to say it's great, though. I'm just realizing I forgot to mention um, Teller from Penn and Teller is from oh, Philadelphia. Thank God, dude! I I would have been so <laughs> so embarrassed if we released this episode without Teller. Um, oh, we will I, not. We will not cut that out. I gotta I gotta point out also uh, one of the goats in sports journalism, Susie Colber from Philly. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, let's see. I also forgot uh, Patty Labelle, the Godmother ooh, of Soul. Ooh, that's yeah, from Philly. That's that's one. I, that's one I love too. What about motherfucking John Coltrane? Oh damn, that's right too. Shit. And while we're going jazz, what about Sun Ra? Dude, Sun Ra fucking rules. There's also when I was looking up the stuff earlier. There's like another 
Will Smith that did something crazy that's from Philadelphia. What did he do? God damn it. It got well, over well, shit. While you're thinking about it, I, I have the list of Philadelphia's sister cities. Okay, yeah, what do you got? Florence, Italy. That's a that's a good get. That's a big get. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Good food. That's the like the person that's like kind of attractive dating someone that's like pretty attractive. You know, like they're 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 out kicking their coverage a little bit there. <laughs> um, Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, Tian, Tianjin, China. Uh, there's ones that I don't want to even bother ruining from Poland, South Korea, Cameroon, Russia, Frankfurt, Germany. Another big get for Philly. Yeah. And then uh, their partnership cities are Kobe, Japan. Um, Abruzzo or Abruzzo something Italy I don't know Italy's not fucking real and somewhere in France that I'm not going to be able to pronounce also Philadelphia has some of the worst air quality in the country shout out Philadelphia true so I found I found the other Will Smith that was famous before the Will Smith we all know okay. I don't know if you guys I, I didn't remember this but it was like in the 80s and 90s do you remember Willy Ware no uh he was a fashion designer um and at the time of his death he was regarded as one of the most successful african-american designers in the fashion industry uh his company willy wear launched in 76 and by 86 grossed over 25 million dollars in sales and it it flopped it flopped like in the 90s but it made crap load of money and um, I just, when I was looking up Will Smith originally, I was like, wait, there's another Will Smith from <laughs> Philadelphia? There, dude, do you see how white I am? There's Willy Ware. Willy Ware would, like, burn my skin as punishment. Be like, you're not allowed to wear Willy Ware. You Willy are. Ware, Willy Ware sounds like some sex attires from, like, England <laughs> from, like, the 80s, right? Absolutely. It was also the first fashion company that broke the mold and did uh, men's and women's like fashion fashion like at the time you were either a men's fashion company or a women's fashion company but they did both how progressive right alright um, I think that's it oh also shout out to uh, ECW which was almost entirely well it was entirely based out of Philly oh um, really yeah they they did this they played all of their shows were at the same building they didn't travel huh yeah they were philadelphia man people would drive out you could still go to the old like ecw arena in philly it's still there damn ECW. oh ecw will will smith also designed uh, the suits the suits for uh that the fisherman wore <laughs> a kennedy a kennedy wedding in 1986 I'm blown away. Holy shit. All right. So that's 116. We'll have 117 for you next week. Um, I got to tell you guys, I'm cracking into prospects. I might be ready to have some some very early discussions on quarterbacks. All right. Oh, that's my God. We'll, I'm that's not ready we'll start. for that shit. <laughs> hey, hey, you don't got to be ready. You just got to be ready to listen. That's all that matters. Sure. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's 116. I hope you all enjoy the games. I hope that your favorite teams win and uh, enjoy football. There's only what two more weeks after this weekend. 
Correct. Yep. Right. Two more days if, of football. If, if Houston doesn't win this week, <laughs> uh, I will buy a, you all breakfast. <laughs> he's getting a he's getting a, a Packers tattoo on his chest. No, 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 uh, Ryan. Here's here's what we're doing. If Houston doesn't win this week, Shane and I pick your city for next week. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. All right. Perfect. All right. You could have got free breakfast, fucker. You messed this I'll up. I get, I get you a breakfast. I'll get you breakfast too next time you come out, Shane. <laughs> Ryan, right. o- Ryan owes so many retro- retroactive breakfasts. It's insane. <laughs> hey, no one, no one keeps coming in uh, to ask me for that. So to reclaim. All right. Well, cook for me on Sunday. Oh, by the way, by the way, Tony, uh, Rainbow Will is no Smith. longer Rainbow. It's a different. It's a different breakfast place now. Will Smith's breakfast place. <laughs> remember, remember when we went there in uh, in July, and they're like, "We're closed for like two months because we went to Europe." No, they. I think they were selling the place. It's it's called something different now. Tax Damn. purposes, baby. Oh yeah, it didn't catch on fire, so you never know. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Enjoy football. Peace. Goodbye.